back to is I wanted to make sure that I had um, that I had okay so it's like kind of it's kind of there all right yeah no no we're good all yeah right, it sounds good. great it sounds yeah, really good so yeah, I've, uh, I've got my headset going right now so all right great yeah yeah it's great to have you back on after like it's been like two years <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's been a minute it's been a minute you know the the grind is real you know how it be you know how it is you know what we do yeah for sure <laughs> i mean you've just been killing it i mean i just saw that you got that uncle Vinny's show and it's just like that's that's great because yeah, i know for a long time yeah. like you were going through a rough patch a little bit with comedy i mean like it's it's been it's been up and down you know how it is oh like, yeah totally you know, you always you always love the art form, but the art form never loves you back. It's right. always that sort of feeling that kicks in sometimes. You know, um, I, the older I get, I guess I think once um, like twenty twenty one rolled around, I guess was sort of when I was like, ah, you know what, like live like work hard, grind, get your get your shit in, and uh, you know, there's probably a reason why you're not getting booked, and, and just work on that. Right. Get better on that. It's it's not like you don't you don't make it bitter. You don't make it worse. You just you just grind. You just go about. Right. It. And also, a lot of it just isn't in your control. You know, and you know, to me, I always I always realize the grass is always greener. You know, you'll think you know you should have been on these shows, and then you talk to people, and they're like, no, this show was terrible. We didn't get paid. It's not what you think. You know, <laughs> it's like. Well, yeah, that's that's the uh, that that is again. You know. Love it. You love the you love the art form, but the art form doesn't love no, it back. No, it doesn't. So you just sort of, so you just sort of coast and struggle on that end. But, and I think yeah. the hard thing, especially like I think you've talked about dealing with this, and I've dealt with it, is like you kind of you have like your on stage persona that people know, but also they know sort of your personality. So you always wonder like, there's always just that social just trouble of like everyone is insecure about like what people think of them. And it's just like it's something everyone deals with. I feel like. Oh, you know it. You know it. I'm I'm the one of the most insecure human beings on the face of the planet. Me too. Uh, it's just the thing that to, when it comes to everything, and it uh, I you know I've had I, I have breakdowns constantly. I don't I just don't feel you know it's it's normal to just not feel comfortable around people. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, and, yeah. yeah. That's one of the things that's interesting with comedy. I've had so many moments. Where, like, if it was anything else, I would, like, not be allowed to show my face again. Well, yeah, no, and, and I think the, the thing you have to, I guess the thing, it, it's one of those uh, Grin and Barrett situations where um, you sort of have to just sort of, like, understand that this is a social, uh, a social job, yeah. more or less. We're, we're all co-workers. Um, we're all working hand in hand. We're not trying to like undercut everybody's needs right. and stuff. And uh, but you also have to market yourself. You also have to put yourself out there. And, oh yeah, um, for sure. It's just it gets kind of difficult. Like I've had experiences. You know, I've had experiences recently where um, I've tried not to uh, open up a lot about some of my personal life. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently, uh, I've been telling more jokes on stage about my personal life my personal experiences and i've had situations where i end up in the room and i sit around and i think like uh these, i think these people don't like me i i have a i have a feeling these people don't like me and um right and i can totally get stuff. that 
it's because stuff where it just yeah. kicks in occasionally. I think what also happens is as you get closer to your 30s, like I'm going to be 30 in December, you sort of like I used to care so much about what people thought of me and I still do a little bit, but it's sort of gone away in a lot of senses and sometimes that's negative and sometimes that's positive. But I think it just like happens. You just like, well, I've been this way for three decades, so I guess I'll just be this way forever. Well, that's the that's the other fear too is you know the you know growth being uh, uh, growth you uh, stunted growth uh, yeah. kicks in. Like you know, I'm 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 also in that same boat. I'm about 29 right now, and some days I feel I feel like I'm 26. Yeah. Or 29, and then other days I'm like, man, I, I'm dressed like I'm 17. Right. I'm like I'm 16. I feel. I feel like a clown right now. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. But it's just it's it's just sort of how I, you know, it's my understanding on how, how the world really just sort of functions. You just got to find your own avenue and find your own way around it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people that are more beneficial than a lot of others in a lot of situations. Um, right. A lot of a lot of the times, you know, you, you a lot of people get disenfranchised by this industry, by this work. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, the thing you just got to get around to it, and the thing you just got to do is just hustle. Oh yeah, for sure. I think make it I've seen you've been doing that a whole lot. And the one thing I envy a whole lot is I'm not as opinionated as I used to be when I started out in my early twenties. I used to be way more opinionated and have like stances on things and. Now it's like I'm a much calmer person, which is good for my personal, like, real life. But for comedy, it sucks. I'm so envious of you because you always have such a, like, bombastic energy and opinions on everything. And, like, that probably... And that gives you a lot of great material to mine through. Am I off base or do you feel that? No, no, that's that's, that's an accurate position, you know. Um, Being opinionated has gotten me a lot of enemies as well as friends, but... Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's also granted me abilities that, and like sort of pushed through in situations where I don't think a lot of other people in the scene are doing, Yeah. uh, a lot of other people, you know, and, and it's, everybody finds their own avenue with uh, comedy and their own avenue with work, but, uh, I have a distinct sound and a distinct voice. Right. And it's a voice that I have been told multiple times, uh, by other comics that sucks and they don't like it, uh, but it's a voice that um, you know it kills a room every time. Right. Not like not like not like makes it a bad room. No, no, like, you you do I well. I don't think that's. And I and I get an audience. Going I think that's an stuff. accurate thing to say. Like, I mean, I I grew up loving like Louis Black. Like he was my like one of my favorites. Like, and of course that's like a hefty like you know comparison to give to you, but it's like. It's like that, you know? And well, I also I also liked Lewis when I was growing up too. Yeah. Um, which is which is which is better than uh, you know, a lot of people say Kennison mm-hmm. when I go up. And I think it's just a mixture of me being fat and and me being loud. Right. And uh, but the reality of it like, you know, it's I'm not I'm not trying to do Kennison. I right. think a lot like sort of pull directly to Kennison. Kennison was a whole different beast. Right. A lot of his stuff was really like misogynistic. Yeah. Too. I think the only <laughs> like you know, yeah. I think black is a better comparison if anything. I think the only compare other person that I would really compare you to on stage is David Cross. Is like someone like that too. 
just he's a very opinionated like political person in his comedy which is also a fair comparison as well and i do appreciate that uh i also enjoy david cross as well yeah uh, i think I it's always interesting how, but i, I yeah. do enjoy his comedy a lot yeah it's it's always cool to hear like what people are really into and also like what you're into doesn't always necessarily mean that it exactly like correlates to you and what you what you like and that's a major thing too because we all pull influences from different things oh yeah of course of course naturally yeah naturally but you know it's it that's just sort of the pull on everything um you know it's sometimes your surroundings influence your your abilities and i guess um just being different from everybody else around you um because a lot of my inspiration came from you know punk rock mm-hmm. a lot of my inspiration came from like early 80s hardcore a lot of my inspiration comes from that level of energy right it's never it's it's never like i was never trying to just be like oh i'm gonna do kennison tonight and right that's that's my voice it was very much i take the abrasive attitude i have like internally right uh, that sometimes like afterwards it, it comes off here and there but it's that ab- abrasive persona that i just sort of formulate as an exaggeration of myself which i think is right and uh, i think you know in the best ways that sort of similarity that you have with caprio it's like two strong personalities uh, that, that, no, oh, okay. i don't know if that's a i i, I haven't i haven't spoken to caprio in a minute oh really uh, I reached out to him about his uh, about his goddamn book. Yeah. I was like, dude, uh, you've told me for years that you hate the mafia and anything related to the mafia, and now you watch like season two of The Sopranos, and now you're writing a mafia book. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Man? What are you doing? But I'm happy for him. In the very yeah, way. for sure. I just I'm mean. Not sure if he's- comedy out front or not or if he's doing comedy out in uh, Santa Rosa yeah I think he's he's just like living with his mom and trying to get his car situation it's like I feel bad for him because he he really does want to do it it's just his scheduling thing I guess you know it's always a grind yeah for sure you know that's how it just normally works life just gets Uh, in the way that's that's the thing that's hard about this is life gets in the way it's a very expensive like where we're at now, it's, pro- it's mostly, like, a hobby, so it's very hard to, like, parlay it into anything and make it seem like, oh, this is worth it. This is, you know, <laughs> this yeah. is something that is, you know, especially, like, my parents are very super supportive, but I know, like, I know it's, it's been, like, a long time. So <laughs> you kind of have to deal with that of, like, oh, I'm in this phase where I'm still in obscurity. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, and and also, too, like, if we could be transparent as well, like, Jersey comedy ain't gonna blow up anytime soon. Oh, no. So, like, I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of the Jersey comics that are successful end up going to New York, or they right. end up going elsewhere, or, you know, they get they get spotted elsewhere. It's not like, um, that, that also plays a factor as well. Right. It's that, been, yeah. I have such a love-hate relationship with New Jersey comedy, and it's just like... It's such a thing, like, I want there to be more of an... I want it to be more known that there are people here. That there is at least a lot of different... There's, like, three different scenes. There's very much a lot of comics. But it's very tough to, like, really make it seem like it's awesome all the time. Because it's really not. Well, yeah. And, but also, too, like, yeah, there is a lot of, there is a lot of like, perf- 
performers in the industry, I guess. And uh, and um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of names out in this industry, and a lot of people in the industry. Yeah. And um, at least a lot of people working and grinding and doing their grindstones and stuff. Uh, I will say though that a lot of it too is that like. You know, it's it's three different temperaments. You know, South Jersey, a lot of them get adopted into uh, Philly, and they go to Philly bikes, right. and they go to Philly shows, and they do Philly stuff. Um, a lot of us in the boonies out here in the place that they call Central Jersey, um, <laughs> that gets um, that sort of gets parlayed into uh, its own little like universe where you know you know a lot of people, a lot of those people either like sort of transport between going to philly or going to new york and then there's some people that just sort of stay local right and stay in that region and then there's north jersey i mean you have jersey city which is its own little yeah which a lot of those guys go up to new york anyway and then you have north jersey crowds and north jersey shows which yeah you know they're they're, they exist right um, (laughs) no i know what you i know how you feel about that and i feel a similar way it's almost it's such a party aspect that I just don't understand and don't really get. And, like, that's the main thing. I've always kind of been, like, that's one thing I've kind of gotten criticized for is just not trying to have, be too uh, sanctimonious about comedy. But I don't know. It is something that, I like, I I care a lot about. So. Well, what do you mean, what do you mean by too much of a party thing? Like, I just feel with those guys, a lot of them were talking about the same area, like the the Jersey City type of guys. It just seems like there's a lot of people that are not really, like you said, like they're not really in the grind. They're kind of just like a part of it as partying in their 20s or or like, you know, it's kind of that type of thing. No, I mean like, no, the Jersey City crew, like people out there, they work. Oh yeah, there's definitely people there that are are fantastic. I I, I more so, if if I could be transparent, I was more so talking about your like Nutley's and your Lindhurst. Oh yeah. Like, everywhere around Jersey City, because right. I feel as though, like, I, you know, I ran up there, because everything in Jersey City, or not Jersey City, everything in, like, central Jersey was dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing worthwhile here. Uh, the, the Brunswick got, like, destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was only the co-op left over. And so you're just, like, begging for mics and begging for scenes. Meanwhile, right. Jersey, like everywhere was closing. So I was running up to North Jersey, see how it was. And at first I was loving it. Like mm-hmm. I would go up there like two or three times a week, like just driving up there. And that that's like an hour drive from where I'm mm-hmm. at. So I'm yeah. driving up there doing like a mic, hanging there for four hours, then driving back down or I try to hit two. And it was, it was good for a while. And then you just sort of get this feeling that like, I don't. I don't know how to how to put it. It, it just like there's a lot. There's a lot of chaff in that wheat, and it's not very much like. You're not gonna get a lot of like great. I don't know. I, I don't know how to put it. No, I understand. It's way. it's like there's there's great comics in that North Jersey yeah. scene. I do. I do love Aaron Wahlberg and Josh Wells. I think Hell Yeah is one. Of oh the yeah. Out there. Um, I, I do believe that uh, Arnold Peter runs Ambassador, which is a great haven for comedy. Yeah. Awesome scene. Um, Chris Perneau has been rocking it with Silverstream up in Montclair, and he was rocking it with Meat Locker out there. 
Um, I just, you know, it's, you know, it's also the same area that has Scotty's. Right. Yeah. And I'm like... And Scotty's is its own animal of, like, those... That's kind of the tough thing with it, too, is, like, we're sort of in an era where, like, those... That style of comedy is still as prevalent as... Even though we don't want it to be. Even though we think, oh, that's outdated. Why are they doing this type of stuff? Why is that? But it's still, like... These people are having shows and, you know, they might not be doing well from what I just hear from well, also, but also Farley, too, but they, they are for the certain audience. Well, yeah, I also, I also, too, I've also experienced plenty of rooms out in North Jersey that, I guess, what was it, Sarah Silverman coined the term laughter with blood in your mouth, which is a term that I tend to oh, use a lot. Oh, that's great, yeah. Um, where... I sit in a room and then somebody decides to pull out like their homophobic slur jokes. Right. And the room laughs a little bit louder than usual. Yeah, right. And, you know, like I'm pansexual. Like I'm like, I'm like gay light. That's not even. Right. It's, it's, it's like, it's like diet, diet queer realistically. But, um, but you know, I, you know, I know comics that are, you know, you know full on gay. I know comics that are, you know, like lesbian or trans. And, right. Like, you go up to a room in North Jersey and have to hear somebody talk about how, like, oh, trans women aren't actually women. They're just chicks with dicks. And I'm like, okay. Right. Okay, we got to gotta listen to this. And, and oh, wow, these, these Italians really are laughing a lot harder than Right, than you, than you think. Like, it's the same thing when, like, I don't want to compare, but, like, when I, when I mention, like, my mental health stuff and my autism, it's, like, the word autism and, like, retarded get to laugh, like... When it's not part of the joke, <laughs> it's like that's not the punchline. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, it's, it's, the, it's that similar. It's that similar stance. But also, too, it's like, look, I understand. Like, you're not gonna like brain trust and uh, like manipulate the audience into like not being bigots, like, right? Whatever. Um, if that's what the audience is looking for, and that's how the audience acts, like I get it. You know, sell your soul. Right. I get that shit. Um, I just, you know, I, you know, and I, and also too, there's the whole taboo that like, if you can't accept it, you're a pussy. Right. It's like, you don't want to come off as like the other way. You don't want to come off as like a wolf scold. You're like, no, I, I'm like, I can take this in jest or whatever for some, for some things, for some things. Exactly. Like I'm fine (laughs) with like, you know, it's not, it's not like I'm like anti-gay jokes that I'm like, you know. There just has to be a certain level I'm not some like blue SJW haired like loser. I just right, like, exactly. But it's it's also a situation where it's like I sit here and then I I, I realize like you understand this is the reason why people hate stand up comedy. Now. Right, exactly. Like, this is the exact reason why comedy is dead as an art form right now. Yeah, for because sure. Because of this shit. Right. And and I have to sit here and you know it's sort of like you know you either are cool with it or you get pushed out of the boys club right and i just sort of you know i just say my piece and um you know if people have an issue with me and want to call me sensitive that's cool i can i i wouldn't mind kicking you in the balls and telling you to go fuck yourself right um you know, it's just, it's whatever. That's just how it is. Look, I've been threatened to be sued by at least one or two different guys <laughs> right, who, yeah. uh, who believe in this shit. So I don't, I don't care. Like, right. I, I, 
bust jokes and I crack balls and, and I've gotten threatened with legal ramifications. I got threatened with my life. I've gotten threatened with like street violence. I've gone through this before. It's right. whatever. I mean, but like, it's just, it, I don't think it belongs in, in comedy. That's just personally you, my take. I, maybe this is a stupid question, but have you ever felt like your size kind of helped you a lot with that of being able to defend yourself in a way? Oh, this is mostly just blubber. I have no muscle, so no. I, I don't no, I just mean you're that. tall. Like you're like six two, six three. It's like you haven't like <laughs> I can imagine. Like you might see yourself as like big, but I've heard like people say, "Oh yeah, like when Liam gets angry, like we can expect like <laughs> you know." I guess oh, it, yeah, you come yeah. off more intimidating than you think. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I also I also routinely try to jump into mosh pits as much as possible. Like I can I can take my punches, so it's right. not like it's not that hard. And I'm not talking like push pit shit. I'm talking about like NC NY NYHC type shit. So you know, it's it's not like it's nothing too hard. I'm just I get sort of you know it's it's uh, I, I I get flattered, but you know there are jacked guys. That I that that we deal with all the time, and it's like if I have to deal with a guy that's like the size of the mountain, oh, and I yeah. get like knocked down. Oh, I'm fucked. I'm oh yeah, fucked forever. I just I drop like a light. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I like like I know a bit of martial arts. I, I trained in, in in karate, and um, and I've had some experience with um, with uh, you know taekwondo here and there. Right. Um, I've wanted I've wanted to get into jiu-jitsu and like get a little bit more grapple in there but right. like i i have my experience um not much not much experience it's very much a jack of all trades master of none situation <laughs> right but um but you know i can i can hold myself so it's like i get that but you know it's whatever it's just i'm such... not trying to gloat about this by the way like people can kick my ass I oh no i know what you mean. Clear. I, I know how you're coming off ass. i i get it you know <laughs> it's it's such an it's just a, such a fascinating thing to watch how much you've progressed and like I'm just envious of like how much material you have now and how much like stuff you're coming up with. I always feel like I I'm always forgetting material. I'm always forgetting that I have more material than it looks like I have and it's like you know, do you, did it take you like I guess, have you always felt like you had a lot of stuff to say, or did you ever dry periods where you're like, oh, I can't think of anything? Oh, I've had, I've had writer's block for a minute. This mm-hmm. rush of, like, solid, like, input ideas, like, but the run I've had where, like, I've been, I've been writing uh, a lot of stuff recently, and within the last, like, eight months or so, I have about 44 minutes. Right, of, that's of what I was thinking. So... So like I'm I'm I, I've been setting up to try to get like an hour in, right? To have an hour on me, yeah. Uh, but I've just been working on that, and it's stuff that I've worked on for like you know a year ago. So like stuff that I just have been working on recently, right? That I'm still testing out that I'm still working out the the kinks on, and um, it's it's been a lot. But there have been spells where I like I I sit down and I try to write a joke, and I'm just like fuck there's nothing nothing nothing's funny nothing's funny right it's a lot it's a lot of stuff where it's like i want to think of something to make this funny and force it to be funny and then it's just not funny because you know you're forcing and then you probably just think oh i have to force some type of opinion into this and hope that it's not too 
like opinionated or preacher or anything. You're like, I want to find the jokes from it, but also I have like a lot to say on it. Well, yeah, that that as well. I, yeah. I, you know, I try not to. That's why I sort of stick with like, you know, there's some storyteller stuff that I worked on a lot that I think is my strong suit. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the theatrical stuff I, I tend to enjoy a lot. Oh, I yeah. I mean, theatrical bits. I love that stuff from you, too. I mean, all the physical stuff. I mean, it seems like also you've really like, you know, you say like some people don't like it, but like the noise thing has gotten a whole lot better of I think you're uh, just evolution with like learning how to control it. Like now it's controlled, it feels. It feels like yeah. it's it's better. Like it's not like, you know, four years ago when you were tearing your shirt off. And, and, you know. uh, yeah, that, yeah, that was that was that was, a, that was an MMA bit. I don't yeah. Specifically, Danny Brat was pissed off at me about that. That was that was a hot take. Uh, straight shooter, Danny Brat. <laughs> but uh, he just had a birthday recently. Oh, Shout out Danny yeah. Brat. Yeah, but, Danny's awesome. Um, but I remember that we were at like a mic somewhere, and I was doing this. I was doing this like awful fucking like UFC, the Ultimate Fighter bit, which was some of like the first stuff that sort of like, I was trying to lean into right. more. And the bit was about like how they would bring on like the experts the guys that have been in the industry the workhorses the young guys who are just starting out and then they would just bring on my favorite contestants which were like the the ticking time bombs because right. if you ever watch ufc they're the best the best fighters the best characters on that show are the guys that are like 97 percent concussions right and barely form a sentence and they just have murder on their mind they're the best guys right and one of the most one of the most known moments from that show the ultimate fighter was this dude i forget his name i think it was like jules mendez i think was the guy's name i might be wrong mm-hmm. uh, or jules martinez or something but the guy wanted to he lost in the first round got shit-faced drunk started just putting holes in the wall and he just had his shirt off with all his tribal tats just being like let me bang bro let me bang i just want to bang bro and just start sobbing just angrily sobbing um and i and i basically did a recreation of that uh like that's like a theatrical bit just like tore my shirt off and everything and i did that and i got off and tyler like had to go up who's like an established name at this point like he's doing pretty good he's kind of yeah, hitting uh, up like New York a lot, uh, and I believe Philly and other areas. And he's great comic. Awesome oh yeah, comic. he's always been great. Cool dude. And um, he was going up, and he wasn't getting anything. And Danny Braff like leaned into me, and it was like, you know, you fucked that for him, right? You like fucked the room up for him because you're not gonna. No one's gonna top that. So you fucked it up for him. And I'm like, look, man. <laughs> right. At the time, at the time, I was like, look, if he can't, if he can't swim. Right, but like I didn't, I didn't really think like, oh, like I, you know, you know, I had a, I had a headliner act, <laughs> and now they have to go see like fifteen more. Like it's, we're just working our shit out. Right, and you're just and you like, can't control. You can never control like who you're starting after and who you are. I used to, you know, I love the guy. I used to hate, you know, when I would have to follow. I would mostly like when I was at the co-op early on. I would have to follow Tim Lowe, and it was, like, so tough because he was, like, everything that I wanted to be in terms of, like, writing and just how smart he is with stuff. It's just, like, I have to come on and try and do my, like, juvenile stuff, and it's, like, 
you know, following him and following like, um, like Dan Farley, it's like always tough. It's like, you know, but it's those people who, when you can make them laugh, it's the best. It's like, whenever I get like Sean McDonough to laugh, who I'm really close friends with, it's like, that is like a sweet spot for me of like, okay, this is something that works. <laughs> See, that's another thing too. Like I used to, I used to worry about that. And sometimes I sort of view it as like an extra credit assignment. Right. Because my goal, you know, the goal is just, you're, we're doing like bar shows and shit. Right. We're doing bar shows. We're bothering people at work. We're bothering people when they're trying to get a drink. Right. We're bothering people in clubs. People come out to see us. Like, my goal at the end of the day is to make people laugh. Right. That that's that's the goal. I I don't I want to make the civilian laugh first. Right. And then if I make the boys in the back laugh, then that's fine. But yeah, uh, you know that's my terminology. My I only like boys in the back thing only started with uh, COVID happening. That was where I sort of like got that because I was like, if there's no audience, how do I figure out what bits are good? So it's like, well, if I'm making the people that I that I admire laugh, it's like, okay, this is something to stick to and this is something to to sink my teeth into and be like, okay, I can keep this bit. Because well, yeah, but also too, you gotta also remember that like, you know, a lot of comics also, they're not like the best gauges on what is like really like funny because they're the oh, yeah. bit that kills with comics. Yeah. And then you pull that out on an audience and then you get called a bigot and a misogynist or something. Right. <laughs> Or or people just don't laugh and they look at you like you just stabbed a puppy. Right. And they're like, well, that joke isn't funny. Yeah. I've seen people who have done bits that made the comics laugh and then they go up and the audience fucking hates it. And then they turn around and they're like, wow, man, it was a bad audience. And I'm like, no, you just, you just did material that wasn't good. Right. <laughs> and I think that's the hardest part, like... To me, is whenever I watch someone who's a little bit newer, I always have to remember myself to have that patience and remind myself that I was in their shoes and I had those experiences. Of like now, I can I can go up and like a person who's newer will bomb like you're a couple of years in. They'll bomb and they'll make a big deal out of it when it first happens. I don't get upset about bombing until it's like seven minutes in. If I'm like. If I'm, like, still bombing at seven minutes in, that's when I get worried. If it's, like, two minutes in, it's like, I don't care. I'll win them somehow. <laughs> it's like, you know. But I think that's just comfortability on stage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, it, 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 gets, it gets to a point where you got to be comfortable with the people around you. Yeah. And if an audience doesn't, doesn't like you, then, like, at that point, then you can have some fun. You know, right. Like that's when you're just like, all right, time, time for roasts. And the that's cool thing, the cool thing with comedy that like I've learned is it's very much like, you know, I, I mentioned this a lot on the podcast, like whenever I heard a comedian like at the end of their set, like on TV or on a special say like, oh, you've been a terrific audience. I thought that was just like something that they said. But I realized that's like a true thing because you see so many audience members that just are not good people. And you're like, oh, I'm ha- I'm okay with it if... I didn't make this person laugh tonight. Like, I'm oh, yeah. totally fine that this nine-year-old didn't like my balls jokes. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm happy that uh, this this group of MAGA bigots right. uh, aren't, aren't happy about my set. And right. Giving me 
death stares. Okay, so I guess I'll just go kill myself. All right, catch you later. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I'm not terrified of these people. Right. I, you know. You're just getting but less it's like, terrified. It's just the audience that you, that you live with. And, um, you got to make the best of the audience that you're sitting through. Right. And, uh, sometimes people, sometimes people can handle that. Other times people, you know, they just, I've seen a lot of people crumble. I've seen yeah, a lot of people me too. Crumble. I've seen a lot of people like they just, you know, it can always be just one bad night can really stop people from doing it, and it's scary to me to think that. But like, I've seen it a whole lot of, you know, it just it just happens, you know, because it is an emotional toll that it can take on you, like a really bad set, like it can be destroying, just like. Your entire thing. Because with us, it's like we're putting everything, especially with us, like, with, like, social anxiety stuff. It's like you're putting your entire personality, like, everything of yourself out there. And it can be, like, so draining. Yeah, exactly. They, they really do. It, it, does, it does cripple you. It does cripple you after a while. Yeah. Like, you, you just sort of get, like... Um, you just get like torn down and just beaten down and uh you know it's just it's just how it be sometimes just yeah. how it be sometimes you know and then the real curse of it is like when when things are going well you want to make things harder again in like this like uh somehow like self-punishing way you're like like, oh, I've been having really good sets recently. I need to go to a place where I bomb. I need to go to a place I where I... <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. That, I think, is just you're, you're a masochist and or you're stupid. Like, I right. don't... I don't get that. And uh, there are certain comics that we know that do that. And I'm like, I don't understand it. And I think it's really idiotic right. to be transparent. Just to be like, I want to go to a room that I know is bad. Like, Well, that's a different thing. Like, I wouldn't want to go to a place that's bad. Good. I can't... I can't, I can't, you know, I want to go to a hard room. I don't want to go to an easy room. You're going to easy rooms. That's why the, yeah. the room's popping. It's like, no, I'm, you, you, you go to rooms that are good. You go to rooms that are you good. you want to go to a room where you know no one's going to laugh at you? Like, you no, know, I don't do that. that. That's a totally what? different thing. To me, it's like, I want to go to, like, now. Like, I'm, I'm finally at a place now where, like, there was kind of a period where I guess a lot of people weren't coming to uh, Alan Witch. It was just, like, a weird, like... Just atmosphere to be in for me. And then I got really stuck in the uh, nip and talk, like, poetry type of scene, which is great. It's very good. But those audiences, like, not to sound cocky, are very easy to make laugh. And it's like, I want to go to places that are not terrible, not like, you know, Scotty's level bad, but like people on a higher level that I respect of, like, Okay, if I can go to this place, like, that's where I would want to go and be like, okay, I can do that. And I've been able to go to newer places. Like, I went to, um, I've been going to, uh, Tuesday is the, uh, Knights of Columbus. And, like, that's a great room. Yeah, the cock. It's the cock, room. it's like. It's a, it's a good room. It's funny, when I, when I first went there, I was like, I don't know the host. It's probably going to be all new people that I haven't seen. And then I walk in there and there's Carl and I'm like, okay, it's. It's the same people that I already know. <laughs> yeah. But those group of people are great. And it's just like being around that, like, 
that atmosphere. I just like being in different places where the people that I know are great are at. Like, any place that, like, Josh Tinley and, like, Alex are at or, like, Ricky, like, the places they are at. It's like, I gotta, I gotta go there. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. I will say, I will go as far as to say, like, if there's anyone from, like, the Jersey comedy scene that, like, blows up, honestly, Ricky Ramsey's is somebody you gotta look out for. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's one of the funniest guys in the world. Honest to God, I think that that guy is a killer. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's he's going to be real dangerous. He's already he's already going up to, like, the Bronx and shit. Right. He's, he's already got his stuff going. So he's gonna be he's gonna be terrifying one day. He's gonna be you know he's gonna be uh he's gonna be hitting the road soon. So yeah, I feel, I feel like that's in the in the future on that end. Yeah, I mean I, I talked with him a while ago about like I uh, uh I'm I'm not sure like we could we could name drop some stuff. Right yeah, now. sure. Um um I know that uh Damien da- uh I actually never mind I, I won't bring that up. I'll just say uh um. There, there were plans that, that Ricky and I had where we just sort of talked to each other um, because we each got individually uh, notified about uh, going on tour, mm. uh, which would be cool, like sort of right. a DIY tour. And uh, Ricky sort of was telling me, like, we should probably start doing that for comics. Realistically, that would be optimal. Right. Um, to have just, like, four or five comics at least one or two of them with connections out in, right. out in the West Coast who are like killers in rooms. And then right. like three guys looking for work. If you can't get booked on a show, find a mic in the area, make connections, make your rounds. Right. Um, I think my only my only worry and like expectation with that really type of thing, like is I don't know how, like not that any of us do this for money or anything, but I would think if you're going on tour, you need at least stuff to sustain you for the tour and it's like it's like i wouldn't want to go on a tour where like we're just doing a bunch of free shows and we can't drive anywhere (laughs) it's like of course that's the that's the end goal is that like because we had there would be people with connections right who could try to get us guest spots try to get us some some spots right to get some notoriety in the region to get some clearance in the region right um we just grind out there um and then like realistically you're taking like if you have a job, just take like your two or three weeks of paid time off off. Yeah. And you can like, tr- you can like tour a region and then be back. Oh yeah, for sure. Tour. And I so, think like that would be optimal. I think what's cool and like what's kind of underrated, like the one thing that my mom is always talking about is like that I should start my own comedy club. And the only reason that I would do that is because there are so many people that I love that are like, I always like, fantasy it's like wrestling i always fancy book like if i was able to book a show like i would put these people together <laughs> and like do this type of thing and be like this is would actually be like pretty fire <laughs> like you know well, yeah you also gotta you also gotta realize too like the region the area the type of performers that really perform and get a pull out yeah for regions. sure um it's a lot of demographic stuff um, a lot of a lot of money, a lot of uh, sociology. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of sociology with the economy, which is always fun. Right, uh, doing those two hand in hand. Um, but those usually tend to be like the go tos in that regard. Yeah, where you just sort of have to like figure out the the big money maths, and then figure out how the the situation goes from there. Right. 
So I hope this isn't your personal, but how has uh, things been with your family with comedy? Are they like supportive and like uh, sort of into it, or is it like something they don't really focus on? I mean, like, I get, I get message. I get every time I'm at a fat family gathering, I get my uncle coming up being like, "Why don't you tell us about the show? Why don't you tell us about the show?" And I'm like, "I did. I sent you a text, and you didn't respond to me. Like, yeah, I did. Right. <laughs> I've done this yeah. two or three times already. <laughs> but it's, it's whatever. It's fine. Um, right. I mean, I've had, I've had my mom uh, tell me when I had a bad night. They, she's usually like, "Well, maybe they don't like the yelling and the cursing." <laughs> Right. It's like, if I did something wrong, I would know it. <laughs> also, if I did something wrong, I know what I did something wrong. <laughs> you know what I did never, wrong. It's never usually the yelling and the punchlines. It's never that. <laughs> right. But, um, but it's, that's just usually... It's always an thing. energy thing to me. It's like, if you go up there, like, having a good time is a major part of it to me. If I remember to have a good time, that's when it goes well. It's like, when I get to in my head, that's when it, like, go all goes to shit. It's like... <laughs> Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. If they, you know, it's I, I usually run off of uh, shark logic. You know, right. um, if they can smell blood in the water, they can smell your fear. Your death, right. Then you're death. done. And usually that's within the first ten seconds. You right. Show them that you're gonna have a good time and it's gonna be chaotic. You've got to get it from the first punchline. Oh yeah. And if you don't get it from the first punchline, they're not gonna listen to you. And right. They're not gonna care. Um, I've had moments where, like, I have strong starts and then lulls, and then, right. you know, there's the laugh here, laugh there, but you close out strong. Yeah. Beginning and ends are usually the most important. Oh, they yeah. remember that. And, they yeah. Ending is tough because it's so, like, it's so, um, I don't know the word for it. You like, appetite grows when you're performing. Like, when you're starting out, you think, like, oh, this is going so slow, this set is going so slow, and, like, I can't wait to get off my five minutes. And then you're doing it for a while, and you're like, shit, I have three minutes left, and I want to talk for five more minutes. <laughs> and it, like, you build that up. Of Like, that's to me, has always been the problem recently, is not being able to, like, satisfy that, like, hunger to do longer sets of, like, oh, now that I have shit, <laughs> like, I, I look at my, like, Things that I, when I used to do shitty bringer shows in New York, when I was like two years in, a year and a half in, I'm like, why did they let me talk for six minutes? <laughs> when now, if I was given that same amount of time, I would be doing amazing <laughs> compared to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest things that I, I sort of drive me nuts sometimes is when I do a show and they tell me like okay you got like five minutes or three minutes and then i go up and i do like a five minute set and it feels like i've only done three minutes right and then they light me and i'm like are you sure that was five right sure that was five that was five minutes that yeah was five? Okay. it's like that was i guess i'm gone guys yeah but um that just tends to be something that happens here and there right that end. and also it's like once you have your reoccurring stuff like it just gets so much easier. And I think that's the cool thing with you is there's so many bits that I love that you have now that are just like, you know, that you're just always able to do. 
do it. And there's also, like, you have, I've noticed this with BJ too, like, you also have a lot of stuff in the chamber. Like, that's a cool thing too, is to be like, okay, I do have this stuff that I haven't done in a while that I can rely on if I need to. Yeah. Like, that's a really cool thing. And that's, that's the goal, realistically. Yeah. If you have a Rolodex, yeah. you want to use that Rolodex. Yeah, for sure. You do not want to... You do not want to live off of, you know, oh, well, let me just try to write a new joke and then write another new joke and then write another new joke and then write another new joke and then do those new jokes. And then, oh, well, I did those jokes and everybody heard them, so I got to write another new joke and write another new joke. Nothing's going to get developed that way right. if you just do that. If you keep building off of what you have, then you're going to get there. Right. And I think that there were a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people, and look, hey, man, he's not in New Jersey anymore, so I'm not terrified. Caprio, I think that was one of the dumbest things he ever said. I love him. That's one of the dumbest things he ever said was just, you have to write new material, get new jokes all the time. You have to get new material. Yeah, yeah. new material's important. Yeah, so it is. Developing the material so is developing you your material. Because if you don't develop that new material, then there's no point. Right. If you go back and you, like, to me, my thing is I'm always looking at things at a different lens of, since I've been doing it for, you know, eight years. Like, I'm able to look back at things at a different age now. And that's a really cool thing. It's like, okay, maybe this joke I had, like, five years ago, I have a different perspective on. I have, you know, something that I can bring to it. And also be self-aware in that moment of, like, oh, I was talking about this back then, and now I know this. And it's like, that can happen. But... It's always that balancing act for me is like, I don't know if you had this, like, I never want to play, like, a character of myself. Whenever I've tried to make it, like, too gimmicky and too much of, like, trying to make a cartoon of myself, it's never worked. But when I'm, like, my most authentic, that's, like, what I strive for is, like, where it's totally, like, not, like, a bit or, like, an act. Well, it's that balancing act. Right. That's the, that's the problem, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah. Is, um... You have to understand that realistically, we're not we're not being ourselves. Like, there's a lot of people that go up, yeah, to be themselves, right? Um, which is cool. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. That's awesome. Yeah, if you can go out and do that. Sick. Yeah. Dope. Neat. <laughs> right. Cool. <laughs> um, I think the best way to deal in that in that situation is if you're able to do that go for it if you can't you know there's always other avenues you know i i think there's a lot of hate online for uh uh, alt comedy Mm -hmm. that's that's a big one where that's just a giant like you're you're playing a bit right you're just doing bits online or you're doing bits, uh, you know, out front. Like your Dimitri Martins, your Tim Heideckers. Right. Uh, Connor O'Malley's and stuff. But I think a lot of those guys, and a lot of those guys inspired me more often. Oh, yeah, for sure. And to strive to, to be more of uh, who I wanted to be on stage realistically. Right. Is, um, is to just do that, you know? Just, like, don't, like, don't, if, whatever's comfortable for you, do that. Yeah, for if sure. You, if that, if Whatever you're doing isn't comfortable to you, and it, it, it isn't working. Uh, just just find another direction. Right, and it's always it's always that that path of like what you're trying to do, and also like 
It's just perspective. Like, you have a perspective of what you think your sense of humor is and what you think you bring to the table. And then sometimes it can be like, oh, the audience likes that. They like something else. They like, they like a different factor than you're not really hitting on. Yeah. And you have to discover that and be like, okay, that's what they like for that. Like, I'll have that a lot with, like, if I have... If I'm in, like, rooms closer to Philly, it's like, if you have a little... If I have a little bit of an edge to, like, my stuff, a little bit of an attitude, that works more there. It's like... You know, it's just knowing where you are and, like, kind of being, like, self-aware of the, the room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's the way that you got to just, like, move forward in that matter. It's it's just the work. Are that's you just how it be. Yeah. Are you still able to watch comedy in a way, like, I know you watch a lot of, like, Tim Heidecker and stuff, so that's, like, fun to watch, but, like... Do, are you able to still look at it from a from a fun like entertainment lens, or do you get like too uh, like I don't know? Nah, I, there's the thing. I, I think the uh, the uh, analyzing comedy nonsense. It's, I think that's yeah. just you know you got to enjoy yourself a little. Yeah, bit. for sure. Um, you can't like you can dissect where the jokes and the punchlines come through. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the joke and the punchline from day one just sucks. Right. And it's it's easy to do that, but you can watch that. You can watch it, and still consume it, and still be good. Um, or you can just um, realistically just sort of, I don't know, uh, move forward from that position. No matter, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying at that point. What I'm trying to say is, uh, realistically, if you're um, if you're a, uh, oh God, what am I trying to say here? Uh, I, I also, you know, as somebody who went to film school, mm-hmm. realistically, yeah. if you're looking at, if you're looking at cinema, I can still enjoy cinema right? and not have to worry about, and not have to worry about like, um, you know, am I, am I not enjoying myself because I'm overanalyzing this? Am right. I still enjoying myself even though I'm overanalyzing this? The same way it goes for, for any medium. Yeah, You can sure. overanalyze and consume and, and look into it and analyze the punchline and the setup and the delivery and see how that stands. Um, and you can still sit down and have a good time with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's always so cool that it's always ever-evolving and you always get to see you know things change in comedy for sure i'm 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 sorry i'm sorry are you, rich rich are you like are you dragging the phone across your chest or something no i'm not okay. i'm trying to keep like, it he keeps going in and out and in oh, okay. and out and i'm like what is going on here i feel like i'm All right. i'm either having a stroke or like this is like a david lynch sequence i'm like what's going on i'm just right trying now? to keep it close <laughs> to the mic that's what i'm trying to do is make sure that it's loud enough cuz it is loud enough so it seems no, like it's going you. well uh, I got it. I got it. I was just, I was just trying to answer, and I was having a hard time because I'm just like, am I in a tunnel? What's happening right yeah. now? What is, what is going on? Am I, I having yeah, a I stroke? Think I, I think I got it now. All right, uh, radical, radical. Yeah, I mean, but what were you, as you were saying? So, uh, I mean, that's just it. Is like me. I'm always, I'm always so into it. I think that's, that's one of the things like that I always try because, especially at the level we're at, it's like there's only so much that you can take, like. That was the one thing I never understood with Caprio is like being able to sit through so much stuff of like how do you not tap out at that point <laughs> of just being yeah. at mics like that. 
I mean, you know, Caprio's a different beast, yeah. man. Yeah. Because it's such a hard thing because you want to be supportive, but then you're like, oh, now I know this is not <laughs> comfortable to be. <laughs> and, like, I have a good thing now where, if, like, I'm not comfortable with, like, a comedian set or something is, like, not for me. It's like, I didn't step out for five minutes and not feel like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you aren't. You aren't an asshole. There's just certain people that are um, uh, mentally disturbed who will sit through uh, chaotically awful comedy yeah. on a consistent basis. It's like and I wasn't. Some, I wasn't. You were there. It wasn't like it happened during uh, <laughs> Mike's uh, <laughs> Mike's set one time. I was like, last time I was at uh, <laughs> the cop, I was like, I have to leave for like. Five minutes. <laughs> it's not. <really good. laughs> uh, uh, oh yeah. Oh shit. Oh sorry. I. I oh yeah. Okay. I. I was confused because you called it a set, and <laughs> yeah. I was like. I don't know. It's. I. Yeah. It's hard because like the thing that's tough about that is like, I'm like kind of friends with him. He's kind of a weird guy, and like I always feel bad because I've had moments where like I've been mean to him, and then I have to like look at myself and be like. Said that to him, or been that rude to him, or <laughs> I'm always like chastising myself for how I interact with him. Yeah, no, I totally understand it. Um, I think he's a good promoter. I'll yeah. say that much, and I think he's good with his music stuff. I just think with comedy, it's like it's not for everybody, and it's very tough because if you like to do something that you're not good at, it can just be debilit. It can be really debilitating if you like it. You know. It's like, you know, there are things like, it was me for screenwriting. Like, I, I wanted to be a screenwriter, and it just wasn't to my skill set. And I had to realize that. Yeah. So that's always a thing that you're dealing with. Do you still, are you still into the whole, like, I know you have your movie podcast. Do you still have any, like, filmmaking stuff that you're sort of interested in? Well, I still I still have that movie uh, that movie review podcast bombed. You can Bomb, find yes. it on Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever podcasts are held hostage. Um, and uh, realistically, that that's still going strong. Um, me and my two co hosts, um, me and my two co hosts, Matt Comar and Matt Larue, each week we talk about uh, a film that bombed in the box office in a comedic way as to right. why it might have happened, which is always a fun time. Um, but also, too, um, I've got, uh, I mean, I've, I've tried screenwriting in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I've been wanting to go back to the, back to the grind. Uh, I still have that itch that I want to, you know, it's still on a bucket list to at least shoot a film. Right. Let alone, uh, let alone release it and, uh, you know, get production out of it and whatnot. Uh, that's always, you know, that's always on the back burner. And, uh, you know, in this, in this world, in this economy, it's crippling and it's destructive, but you know, it's still a dream. We still have dreams that we want right. to accomplish. And um, the one thing that I always think of is like, I'm always forgetting how young I am really in the grand scheme of things. Like that's sort of the one thing that always is like a saving race to me to remember is like, Oh, I'm only going to be 30. Like it's, it's not all over now. <laughs> It's like 30 years old, yeah, most exactly. people start, Richard. It's like, not everyone starts exactly. at 16. <laughs> you know, like, you know. So that's sort of a relief, too. It's like, you know, it's like doing this podcast is like, I've been doing it for like five years now, and it's crazy. Like, 
how much it's changed and everything. And being able to just get so many people on, it's just been fantastic. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you about Bond. Like, do you have any, which, what's your most current episode, I guess? Uh, so we just released UHF, the uh, right. Weird Al Yankovic classic. Uh, we've got some more in the back burner here. Um, we've got um, we've got going on. We've got uh, uh, Stone Cold, the uh, Brian Bosworth uh, acting vehicle. Oh. We've got um, Wired, the John Belushi biopic, still that we have to release at some point in the queue. Uh, Listomania, Freddie got fingered. Oh, uh, we just did a few episodes. Uh, we did the Gumby movie a while back, oh, and we wow. just got done recording uh, Revolution, the 1985 film starring Al Pacino before he went on a retirement because that movie sucked such ass. So right. th- those are all in the pipeline coming soon. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, there's only like, the only movie that I could think of that would be like great for your podcast, like another one, is that, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you ever seen Clifford with uh, Martin Short? No, I have not. I have not, honestly. It's very enjoyable, actually, (laughs) from a surprising like amount but it didn't do well at all. Yeah, that that's that's the one where he uh he's um uh he plays like a seven uh, year old but yeah. he's still like they don't change But his he's look. like forty two, yeah. So he's like forty two during it. But it's like it's an enjoyable movie for some parts and it's just like okay. Like and that's also just something like that just happened. Like they just give people like a vehicle. Like that just happens. Like so oh, this is something for them to Dude, that's like what all the Sandler crap is. It's like it's just a vehicle for them to do their their stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous uh point yeah. overall. That that that's a that's a wild concept. I think that's on the queue at some point. We do have thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of movies to still talk oh, yeah, about. For sure. I mean, um, which be- is which is quite frustrating. But, uh, right. you know, that's that's the struggle that we that we chose. This is the right. life we've made. And it's like, also, you realize, like, there's no, you hopefully you realize, there's no, like, really end point, really, essentially. It's like, if you can do it, you should just keep doing it, you know, the best till you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm aware. There is no, there is no end point. There is no God. There is only, <laughs> there is only this. <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. I'm, I'm game with it. I'm excited for it. Uh, you know, I, I chose it for a reason. Right. I chose it for a reason. So, you know, it's, it's all good. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask, kind of last thing is, uh, I know you were talking about kind of moving, like, out somewhere to do comedy. Are you still have that in that plan? Or has anything happened in that sort of note? Um, yeah. I mean, at the moment, I'm just, I want to find a, uh, I want to find the ability to get a job that, uh, can pay me um uh what i'm worth and then once that occurs uh then i can start thinking about location at the moment i'm not being paid as much as i would like to and um you know ideally i would need like minimum 20 an hour Mm -hmm. to uh comfortably move out um and right now i'm being paid 16 Uh, which is dog shit right uh so at, at the moment i'm currently working on uh, moving up the corporate ladder, uh, yeah. or at least trying to find a better position. Um, right. And then once that occurs, 
that's when I will I will uh, move forward and think about uh, uh, finding uh, a house and whatnot. Right. Um, I've also spoken to other comics and other people who are looking to uh, looking to move out as well. So oh, yeah. that's also on the checklist as well. I mean, I can uh, only possibly like, you know I can vouch for that. Like, if you can find a comic that you get along with enough, and like you know, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, me and I we get along really well. But we're also not like super close friends, so we have our distance and stuff. And uh, it's um, one moment. I just need to. It's almost ending, so I just need to. Uh, I'll just finish like right here. I just have a last thing that I wanted to sort of say and talk about. Is I think you're like from the outside looking in, just from my perspective. I don't know if this is true or not. You seem a lot happier nowadays with your job and with your regular life outside of comedy. I feel like you've been a lot more positive. That's why I wanted to have you on. It seems like you're kind of in a place now that's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that as well. Um, psychologically, at least. Um, mm-hmm. I, was in, I was in a bad spell for a while, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, know, it, it, can always, be ter- it can it be tough. It can always end anywhere. Life can be tough. It's like, you know, and we're such like a... That's one of the things that's odd is, like, we, we don't get to see each other, like, as comedians. We don't really see each other's lives, like, 24-7. So you really never know, like, what people are going through. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no one really understands each other. And we realistically just see each other more or less as, like, coworkers for right. the most part. So we don't really, like, n- not all... It's not like we're we're hanging out with everyone after the shows and, right. and just chilling out and and grabbing stuff. I mean, some people do. I try right. to do that with folk. Um, right. But, uh, you know, I understand that most people don't. Most people have lives yeah. outside of comedy. Yeah. Like, I have the same thing, realistically. Right. Um, but that's just sort of, it's sort of how the cookie crumbles, as right. they say. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I love being able to have you on again, and it's just so awesome, like, everything that you're doing. Man, I really think it's it's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on again as well, Black. It's, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Um, are you going to be at uh, Kyle's mic uh, this Sunday? Uh, I might. I may. I may <laughs> be able to. Right. Yeah, it's always figuring out if you can. <laughs> Scheduling is the worst to got me. It's like... Ah, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know. We, 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 make, we make do with what we can. Right. Well, uh, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, man, for doing this. Yeah, no worries, and thank you for having me on. Have a great night. You too. All right.